What up, what up? How's it going, everybody? You are tuned into the My Mike and I podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I am your host, Noah Alvarez. Really want to thank you guys for, again, out of everything that's going on right now, pandemic, quarantine, protests, riots, everything, man. And you guys are taking the time out of your day to listen to the My Mike and I podcast. I greatly appreciate you guys, 100%. And before we get into this week's episode, I do want to thank Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. Also check out his Bandcamp, his Twitter and Instagram, search up the same name, Generic Sports. And shout out to my man Vince Correa for designing the Mike and I logo that you are seeing in your screen. He also helps out a ton with the graphics that go into the Mike and I Instagram page. If you're on that platform, go ahead and give it a follow at my period Mike and period I. One more time, that's at my period Mike and period I. Can't go an episode without thanking those two guys, no doubt. And uh, yeah, real quick, you know, like I said, we're trying to narrow down the times on these intros. So a couple advertisements to knock out for you before we get into this week's guest. Be sure to go check out popl.co, P-O-P-L dot C-O. It's a revolutionary new age business card. No longer do you have to fumble around and carry all those little stacks of papers. You could just attach this popl onto the back of your phone. You tap the back of someone else's phone and whatever you program on the popl app, it will pop up on someone else's phone. That person doesn't even need popl. So one more time, whatever you program, whether it's a YouTube channel, your own personal website, an Instagram page or someone else's pictures, whatever it may be, you can program it to hop on on your Popple. And when you tap the back of someone else's phone, whether they have Popple or not, it'll pop up on their screen, your information, whatever you program. So, revolutionary digital age, no more business cards. Go download or be, go, be sure to go check out popple.co. Use promo code LOCKER for 20% off. And while you're at it, be sure to go check out lockerroomsportsca.com. It's a website that I was a part of starting this quarantine with Max, Carl, AJ, Dominic, Jacob, and I'm sorry for forgetting somebody else, but we have a really talented young team thus far and a lot of big things coming for the website. That's LockerRoomSportsCA.com. Also wanted to promote Phoenix Fit, FNXFIT.com. All my fitness junkies, they got great proteins, pre-workouts, your balance greens, BCAAs, and much more dietary supplements, as well as some dope fitness gear. But the biggest thing that I like to promote with this brand, every purchase you make, they donate one gallon of water to a person in need across the globe through their live program. That's phoenixfitfnxfit.com. Use promo code MyMikeAndI with the letter N, so my mic, the letter N-I, for 15% off on every single purchase. That's phoenixfitfnxfit.com. Use promo code MyMikeAndI. Now, as I said on the previous episode, episode 109, I'm going to go episode by episode and promote a different black-owned business at this time to uh, in, in the Orange County area just to kind of help you guys I'll let you know about the different black home businesses that are in Orange County. Last week was Georgia's Restaurant. This week is Gus's Fried Chicken in downtown Santa Ana. It's off 1st Street, and I forget the other main cross street, but it's uh, right next to Main, and it's adjacent to Original Mike. So Gus's Fried Chicken, man, they got some really good fried chicken. It's really fast, and I mean, I just at the time that we went, or I went with my girlfriend, really dope customer service to super friendly cashiers so i love the vibe i can only imagine what it's going to be like when i can finally eat in there too so i'm definitely going to be check, 
be sure to check that out once uh, dining is available back in that restaurant. Nonetheless, be sure to go check out Gus's Fried Chicken. It's one of the many black-owned businesses in Orange County. And boom, yeah, that's that's uh, let's. I think that's all the advertisements. It is. All right, let's go ahead and get you the guest into this week's show, episode 110. The guest is none other than Anthony James. He's an artist out of Orange County. Went to Canyon High School, which is not too far. It's a rival high school of the high school that I went to at Villa Park. And a very talented singer. He has an album that just dropped this year during quarantine. It's titled When, W-H-E-N, period. Uh, man, I highly, got, highly suggest you guys go check it out on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. Go check out Anthony James, and we talk about a whole bunch of things. He's a hooper. He played, uh, you know, D1 University basketball at Dominican University. So we talk about a whole spectrum of things. Without further ado, hope you enjoy the conversation between Anthony James and myself. I like that. I like that Jordan logo. That's nice. Your jump man right here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. One of the... uh, one of the homegrowns drew that and then we made it into a sticker. She drew that? Yeah. That's dope. With the ones on too and yeah. everything? I'm actually a part of a... Oh, let me pull the board too. So me and my friends actually, like I, I wanted to... I studied journalism in school. That's dope. And so I really wanted you, to... You like to like, write. Yeah, blogging and newspaper and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we started our own like little sports slash pop culture blog. And um, so we're still, we sell stickers, so like the Joe Burrow sticker on there too, and then the yeah. Locker Room Sports, that's the name of our blog. And, I swear, uh, yeah, put me on. After yeah. this, after this I, I would love to follow you guys and keep up. That stuff's so yeah. cool, and I'm it, obviously being an artist and stuff, I love to write as mm-hmm. well. So like if I, you know, if the artist thing doesn't work out for me, like my dream job would be to be like a writer for Complex or something like that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be tight, tight. right? Yeah. Even Vice, I think Vice is done like Vice, really well. like just something like one of those, like yeah. in that realm, you know, complex genius Vice, like mm-hmm. you said, like the ones that like you know are you know pop culture, but you know definitely do a lot of targeting and music and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I know Complex, they do like a, you know, like a top fifty albums of the year. Or something yeah, like, that. like exactly. I oh, love, yeah, yeah. I love, to, <laughs> I love to make lists and shit like that. I would love to participate in lists like that. Yeah, and it's tough too because you'll get some criticism, but you'll get some love, and it just it yeah. provides like a healthy conversation. Yeah, though. but at the end of the day, it's like your expression and it's fun. I don't know, like I, I just enjoy writing a lot. Like yeah. that's that's always been my favorite part of making music and mm-hmm. stuff, or one of them, I should say. But it's, yeah. yeah, I was also part of the radio station, and at the radio station at Sac State, we had uh, okay. the schools one. Yeah. We had like a little blog and every, you know, we're kind of free to blog. They kind of gave us free format. We were free to blog about whatever we like. Okay. And um, at the end of each year, I'd always put like my top 10 albums. And it was cool because, you know. That is tight. Yeah, That's it wasn't good. like a whole lot of readers, but the people who did read it, they'd be like, you know, hey. like well, It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool when people like take an in-depth listen and stuff. And, yeah. And you know, really like want to make a conversation out of it with you and stuff exactly. like that. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's what writing's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. How was your experience at uh, Dominican University? It was cool at Dominican. The basketball aspect was up and down. It was a little political, but nonetheless, uh, you know, even then with that, it was a good experience because of, you know, the relationships I built with my teammates and people, you know, some of my, you know, CJ and people like that and my my brother X, you know, those are, you know, two of my best friends, you know, and then there's more people too that I could meet. You know, more people off the team. I could, you know, it's a long list off that team in my two years I spent there. Because I went to a junior college like you did first. I went to Irvine Valley College. 
played there for three years. I sat out one, played mm-hmm. two, and then I got recruited to go play at Dominican. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of how the basketball experience went um, with, you know, how things could get political and stuff, I definitely made, you know, some of my closest friends up there, you know, nice. and more, it extends further than CJ and X, like I said, even. Um, and then as for everything else, I loved it. It was um, the small school experience, you know. Um, we didn't have Greek life. We didn't have anything too crazy like that. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not really much of a, like, I, I think if I went to a big school, I don't really know if I would have been a frat guy anyway, yeah, truthfully. Yeah. But um, like I said, I'm like a pretty mellow person. And, um, you know, I like to pick and choose when I like, I, I like to get out. I like to do a lot of uh, things, you know, you know, partying and stuff along those lines, going out and stuff. But yeah, I like to pick and choose. Like, I definitely like to, like, be able to have my downtime when I need my downtime. And at Dominican, with its location, like I had mentioned to you earlier, and um, just, you know, with its small school experience, it definitely offered that to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the relationships with my peers, like, I feel like I just was able to make better bonds with my peers because... You know, you're in, you're in contact with them more. Like, the people that were in my... I was a business major, so the people that were in my major, I mean, yeah. I saw them. Like, they were in the... You know, CJ, for instance, he was... We were the same major, same year. We literally would have, like... <laughs> we'd have, like... Oh, our schedule, like, we'd have five classes and, like, four of them we'd have together. Like, yeah. it's stuff like that. So, you see the same people every day. And you get to really, like, grow, like, a real good bond with them. And I loved I loved that about the school. I loved, um, especially being a student athlete. Yeah. Um, the, the relationships you make with your teachers are crucial because, you know, you're going to be on the road sometimes. You know, right. we would travel to Hawaii wow. every single oh, Awesome experience. I 100% <laughs> to anybody that could possibly compete in the PacWest. Yeah. I 100% recommend it just because of that trip alone. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get a Hawaii trip every year being a basketball player. Yeah, that's tight. Um. But yeah, so we'd be gone for instance, you know, for uh, for example, it's at least six days, at least six or seven days away from school, and for the most part, it's it's yeah, it's during you know when school is in session, right? And um, so you need your teachers to be understanding of that. You need them because you know in some schools you're just a number, and mm-hmm. you um, your experience, um, you know, they're not as lenient. They're not as understanding about like you know. Uh, the relationship between staff and athletes and stuff like that whereas a, a Dominican it was a super understanding great relationship between the two and you know they'd give us alternate assignments or just kind of let it slide sometimes <laughs> so it was it was it was cool for that aspect as well the social aspect I loved you know I honestly really loved the bay the base like don't get me wrong nothing's better than SoCal home home is home and right. I'll, I'll, I'll everybody who knows me especially the people in the bay knows that I'll rep that you know, to my grave that I love SoCal and, you know, I'm from SoCal. But, you know, I definitely feel like a place in my heart for, like, as with the Bay as a second home. Mm-hmm. It's a different culture, completely. It is. People, you, you, you're from Sacramento. You know, like, I I firmly believe it very well could be, like, the way, like, there's a North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah. It very well could be a North California, mm-hmm. South California in terms of culture and stuff like that. Even Central California could stand on its own, too. They True. have a whole it's, different thing as exactly. well. Exactly. California is so huge and diverse. And that's what I think makes, like, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about how I just think California is really the place to be. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, I, <laughs> I, I truly believe it's just... 
flat out better than all the other places. <laughs> you know, in terms of diversity, but you get you can get pretty much anything of what you want. You can get yeah. in California, the mountains, in some beaches, place. exactly, big city, small city. Exactly, it's it's it's. I love California, and I'll never like complain about what we have going on out here for sure. Yeah, where else did you get to travel to play basketball? Playing basketball, we went to um. So my junior year, we went to Utah. Mm-hmm right in St. George, it's like right in the corner, like bottom left corner of Utah, I think. So like we, it would be like we flew into Vegas and then we drive a few hours there. Um, we played Dixie State and they're really fucking good. They beat the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they won the conference that year, but um, their arena was dope. I loved playing there. Oh man, their arena was so sick. But um, it's cool for them to, um, that game, just playing at their place was really cool because like they don't have many especially in that area particularly in utah they don't have many like made they don't have many d1 sports programs in that area mm-hmm. or even you know the like i can only think of like one professional team from utah being the, right, jazz. the jazz yeah and so like dixie state was like mm, was their team out all there. in yeah so they you know they had this big arena for it and they really got bodies in there like they really <laughs> got bodies in that arena it was it was a cool experience for sure and there's only a few other ex- like i mean cal baptist was cool like that where they had an arena uh, but that's in riverside so that's home that's not too far for us yeah um but no that was a really cool experience in utah and just because i no, i truthfully um i haven't been i haven't been too i haven't traveled too much i mean i've only been out of the country one time to mexico with my parents and family and some of our family friends when we were like eight years old teens. so i mean truthfully like Mm-hmm. We just never had the financial means to take too many big trips like that. You know, our our vacations were, hey, let's go see Uncle Hugo in Phoenix. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know how that is. Like, let's go drive seven hours for that. Like, that that's our vacations. But um, nonetheless, um, I mean, most of our other traveling was just from NorCal to SoCal. Makes and, sense. And then, yeah, I think our only other out-of-state teams were the Hawaii schools, like I said, which was awesome. Huge blessing. Loved yeah. that. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. How was it playing at the junior college level, IVC, and then, you know, transferring after the... Because I know in high school, everyone kind of has that perception. It's 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 university or bust, right? Like, if you kind of yeah. go to junior college, there's that stigma around it. Yeah. I've had this conversation because I went to junior college, mm-hmm. too, but mm-hmm. yeah, how, was that, how was it playing at the junior college level? You know what? Um... I think I've grown up with so my my dad's actually the coach at the school that I played okay. at I, Irvine Miley College. My dad's Jerry Hernandez is his name, um, and he's been coaching there since I've literally like I think the year that I was born was when he first started. He, he's 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 old head. He's been in the game for a while, mm-hmm. but um, that's my guy. But he um, what was gonna say he. Uh, so he's like I've always understood the JC level that that okay. couldn't be further from the truth, right? And, um, so it never, I never really felt embarrassed about it. Um, cause I always understood, I mean, he's, tra- you know, my, my pops has had a season where he transferred 71 guys out of one team, yeah. you know what I mean? So I understand like, it's just, everybody moves at their different pace. And me personally, I wasn't like just knowing who I was maturity wise. I was a late bloomer as a basketball player on, like on top of that, I wasn't ready as a basketball player to play university ball. Mm-hmm. But as a man, like I wasn't ready to go away. Like I was like. <laughs> I was just immature. Like I said, I was a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. I just caught up to... I was still like... I have a late birthday where... uh, My birthday's in August. 
Okay. And so I was like older than everybody in my grade. My parents chose to hold me back a year rather than, you know, put me in with older people where I'd be like, you know, you have the choice as a parent. You'd be okay. Like you want your son to be older than the people in his grade. Yeah, you want younger. Him to be younger. Right. And my parents chose me to be the older one. And I couldn't be more thankful for that. For one thing, you know, if I, when I have my kids, you know, I, I'd do the same thing if they have a late birthday. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, I like, you know, me being older than everybody else. I still felt behind everybody in terms of how I bloomed, you know, even physically and like, you know, like hitting puberty later than everybody else. And like, (laughs) just like maturity wise and stuff like that, I I feel like it took me some time to catch up. And that's why JUCO was a good route for me. And, you know, it's honestly, if you go to the right program, I couldn't recommend it more because, you know, if you don't get what you want right out of, you know, right out the gates with the university level, you, mm-hmm. if you believe that you have something better in store for yourself, you have a higher ceiling, there's a level that you can get to. Yeah. It's about, it's about what you make of it at the JUCO level, you know, Irvine Valley in particular, I um, mean, you know, this may come off as biased, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's such an incredible program because I was offered like, you know, not even just my pops on his staff, but like, you know, his staff, the people that like he has on his team with him offered so many tools for me to grow and at the end of the day you know how it is like it's about it's on you to work right on you to work and grind and bust your ass to make yourself better but i would be ignorant to not acknowledge the fact that i had resources to get better and the proper guidance to get better at the things like to be told that hey you need to get better at this Mm -hmm. work at this and stuff like that because truthfully you know even like at the university level, like I, you know, my, I didn't, you didn't, like I didn't get that kind of guidance. Yeah. Like at the university level, like they, you were just kind of on your own to grind and get better. And don't get me wrong, it can work that way for sure. But mm-hmm. you know, when you have that and the right guidance, you know, I, and you're paying less money for it. Yeah, lower and, risk. You know, at the end of the day, like I think about the basketball player I was when I was 18, going into my gray shirt season at JUCO. And when I was 21, signing my letter of intent to play at Dominican, mm-hmm. it's night and day. I mean, I just, you know, I grew so much as a basketball player and I and I created more opportunity for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the help of other people, of course, of course and the yeah. resources I had. But, you know, if, if without my JUCO experience, I wouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say that it's, you know, university or bus, like you said, the phrase is, is just flat out wrong it's it's dependent upon the person some people are ready for it right i personally wasn't and i think i'm a testament to the fact that it's you know it's definitely not university of us it's just a person to person by case like i said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how would you describe your uh, basketball playing style when you were playing um well-rounded mm-hmm. um i think i was I was a point guard for one thing, and I still, you know, I actually was just playing ba- basketball with my buddies yesterday and stuff. I still play a lot, and I'm still constantly surrounded by the game. Mm-hmm. I coached with my pops a little bit last year, and that was really fun. Um, but it's, um, I was, yeah, I, you know, I, I guess it's hard to tell like what your own play style is because you know you don't know what other people True. see. You, you know, you know what you think you are, but you don't know what other people see. Yeah, that's right. But. um what I like to think is that I was the kind of guy that made my teammates better when I was on the floor. Um, I wasn't... I don't know if I'd say I was a pass-first point guard. I mean, I was I was a playmaker, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a play to be made where I needed to score the ball and I read that, then 
that's the play I've made. But it could be, you know, like, I was the kind of guy that could be zero points one night, 20 the next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you got to read it. And that's kind of the way point guards are. I think that I was just really a point guard in the truest sense of the form. Um, and when I say well-rounded, you know, I wasn't great at any one particular thing. Mm-hmm. I was a good shooter. I was a good defender. I was a good rebounder. I was I was a really good rebounder for my position. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a really good passer. Um, you know, I was I had a high IQ, like that kind of stuff. But I wasn't, you know, overwhelmingly just you know a Steph Curry shooter. I yeah, wasn't yeah. a Tony Allen defender. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I was just good in all these areas. But like there there was no part of my game that wasn't solid and polished. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anything that I would just absolutely stand out above and except for maybe you know passing and rebounding stuff like that but not just I think well-rounded would be the best way to describe it did you have any players you looked up to when you were younger absolutely um my favorite I mean and I don't know about play if I if I ever embodied their play style I really loved I was a huge Darren Williams fan Darren oh, Williams okay. D-Will when he was on the jazz oh man I loved <laughs> D-Will I loved Derrick Rose when he was on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I liked a lot of guys that played college hoops, too. I'm trying to think because I used to follow college hoops almost more than the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I couldn't give you. I, I, I used to I used to watch a lot of people, though, and, like, I would. Um, if I, you know, just like anything else, you, you take what you, you, you take what you see. And um, if you can apply it to your own game, you do your best to embody that. And, you know, if you see something you don't like, you make sure to stay away from it type thing. But mm-hmm. there was definitely people I did look up to, but, if, you know, um, there's none that have come to mind at the yeah. moment, unfortunately, other than Darren Williams and Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds like basketball was a big part of your life. Huge. Yeah. When did the passion for music and wanting to create music come into your life? Um, so the passion for music has always been there, truthfully, too. Um, I mean, basketball was always just like a... It was always such a, um, I don't know if easy is the right word or, but like natural, it was very, it was the very, yeah, natural is the right word because it was the natural step for me to, you know, uh, kind of rise up into, I, I experimented with other sports and I think I stopped playing other sports when I was like in sixth or seventh grade. So I was into, I was into baseball for a while. I did football for a year cause I have cool kids to do football. <laughs> um, nah, but I, um. Uh, and I, I played soccer. I really liked soccer. If I wasn't playing basketball, I'd probably want to play soccer. Soccer is such a cool culture, man. Mm-hmm. I love the soccer culture. But, um, no, basketball is just natural, like you said. And I grew up in the gym, man. I mean, I spent my summer, you know, you know how it is. Both my parents worked and stuff, so I never, I, you know, we didn't have money for a babysitter or anything like that. So in the summertime, we didn't have school. We were going to the gym with my pops. And, yeah. I, you know, I remember being from five to, you know, 12, 13 years old where I was just spending my summers in that gym and you know, I spent so much time in the IVC gym to where I just grew to love the game and you know I was I was really fortunate to where um, you know as much as my, my pops would coach me and stuff he didn't really spend too much time pushing me and my brother mm-hmm. because I think ultimately what's most important I mean at least for your kids at a young age if you want them to be good at a sport is for them to nourish their love for that game. Right, right. You know, you can't you can't push them too hard. They'll be burnt out by the time it really matters. Yeah. But it, I always, you know, truthfully, I always had that same type of passion for music. I always loved it. It just wasn't, you know, my, my grandpa was a mariachi man. 
Oh, okay. um, I never got to meet him. Unfortunately, he passed away before I was uh, before I was born. At least while I was really little. Mm-hmm. But my dad's dad was. He used to. He was a mariachi man. He used to play for the Dodgers and stuff. Wow. But um, and 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 it's like you know backgrounds and other movies and stuff like that. But it was really cool. I didn't even know it was really you know in my blood like that. But I was. I mean, I always had both the passion. I just pursued more of the basketball one because it was natural, like mm-hmm. we had said. Um, but no, I always, I mean, I always had something in rotation when I was a kid, whether, um, you know, my mom got me this big old boom box when I was a kid. I used to, I used to sit by it and, you know, listen to the radio or, you know, whatever I was allowed to listen to at that time. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, was allowed, I was young, so she was monitoring my shit, making sure it wasn't nothing that she wouldn't want me listening to. <laughs> but, um, I, I'd be next to it. I'd be next to it, and, um, you know, I always, you know, if I was playing basketball up front, I'd bring it, you know, as long as I could extend the court, I'd bring it as yeah, far yeah. out as I could and play something while I was playing basketball or sit in my, my room that I shared with my brother and, you know, listen to something. So I always was a huge, it always, and, you know, just, there's something about music to where it, it reaches you and gets through to you and, in a way that can't really be scientifically be measured. Like, we don't know mm-hmm. why music impacts us the way that it does. Right. But it does. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no there's no denying the fact that music impacts people. Mm-hmm. Like, in a very special, special way. But I... Um, I was going to say, I think I've always been a big fan on the creative side... Or on, excuse me, on the side as a listener i've always been a huge like you know it's always been a big part of my life mm-hmm. um, on the creative side i started like writing raps and stuff a little bit when i was in high school and you know i'd show people and it wasn't very good but it was just <laughs> like it was just for fun like i have i have a video of me and my boy austin oh god that one that one that, <laughs> one, that was bad but it's just for fun like i was just goofing around like i'd write stuff just as expression because i like to write you yeah know? And back then, I didn't know how much I loved to write until I look, you know, in hindsight, I, I look back and I'm like, damn, like, I always did like to write. Mm-hmm. And um, I just put it in song format because music was always so crucial to me. But until I, I started taking, like, um, probably in, like, 2016, late 2016, um, I started messing around on my mom's computer on GarageBand, just, you know... Um, just uh i was producing stuff and like uh, i was um i was writing a little bit and like i just really had a good time with it it was a period of my life that was kind of hard and i was i was spending a lot of time by myself Mm -hmm. but i was loving it because it was like i was creating and i was learning something new and i was like dude like this is awesome like this is something i really like i want to do like i want to keep doing this i want to see where this goes and you know I thought it was cool shit ever back then. I mean, it was in hindsight, it was garbage. Yeah. But <laughs> I thought it was the coolest, coolest stuff ever. But um, I guess I didn't really take it like serious, serious until I found my way to resources that really made my sound, me sound like a real like artist in the game. Or if mm. you were to play this somewhere. No, nobody'd be looking around and be like, "Why is this garbage on?" Like, yeah, it, would, yeah. it would fit, like, because it, like, it had it was that high of quality, and it was a good song. And um, you know, when I say proper resources, I mean you know, I had, I got, pro- I got studio time and like you know, a trained, you know, a trained room for you know okay. for recording, and yeah. I had an engineer that gave me a proper mix and master, and I got a beat from a producer 
that wasn't me fucking around on GarageBand <laughs> making some garbage, you know? Yeah. And once I saw all that come together, it was like I always had bigger visions for my music than I could ever put to, that I than I could ever buy myself mm-hmm. put into product. And then once I saw the product like as a tangible product, yeah. like what was in my head came out to be a tangible product and it was of the quality that I had it in my head. I was like, oh shoot, like, I think I could really do something with this. Like I really, like I, I just really started believing. I was like, I think I, I think I could really make it in this industry once I saw it mm-hmm. in that tangible form. And that was when I really started taking it seriously on the creative side. I think, which was cool. And mm-hmm. Was that first song you recorded released, or is this- it was? It's called Palmdale Rain. Okay, it's called Palmdale Rain. It's been out. Um, it came out in. It was the remastered version. So I put up a lot of versions that I recorded and like mixed myself and yeah. stuff. And then I ended up like taking them down later just because, you know, I found out they weren't good. Like I, I just put stuff up to get it was it wasn't my best. You know, I've learned a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of stuff up just to kinda like get my name out there because it was good enough at the time. Right. And I've realized that good enough is not good enough. Like mm-hmm. you have to love your product and I'm especially now where I'm at where I'm just ultra competitive with myself right mm. now. Um, the last the, we can we can get into that more later, but like I just I, I feel like I'm in a state where I can't put anything out that isn't better than the last thing that I put out before. Mm. Okay, and that's kind of where I'm at with myself, and I think it's really good. It's it, and, but back then when I was just putting stuff out that wasn't, you know, didn't have a proper mix and master and it was mm-hmm. doing it out of GarageBand, which people can do. Yeah. That have other resources and other skills, quite frankly, and mm-hmm. I was not one of those people yet. So mine was mine was not good. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, just in hindsight, it wasn't the best way to go about things. I was just trying to get my name out. But yeah, with Palmdale Rain in particular, it was one of those songs that I took down Went to the studio, re-recorded this, got a proper mix and master from my boy, uh, Millie, Old Man Jenkins. Shout out to my <laughs> man, Old Man Jenkins, Emil. That's my guy. Uh, my guy's over on the west side of Anaheim, you know, Bob Med, uh, 2K. I like those guys. Mm-hmm. But those were that was when I started getting in with them more and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was when I really started taking it seriously and thinking, okay, I could do something with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's cool, though, to have, like, those older clips up on there. Because, like, you know, I was a big Kendrick fan. Mm-hmm. I liked Odd Future a lot. Mm-hmm. And definitely in their early goings, even J. Cole, too, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can still search up their YouTube videos. And if you dig deep far enough, you oh, could yeah. find those old clips of them. Like, whether it's a freestyle in the car, something from, like, one of their early, early projects. And it's kind of cool to see the growth right now. Oh. Just You know, not just the mix and mastering, but as, like, the lyrics and the flow or the yeah, cadence. Mac Miller is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that, too. No, I'm a huge Mac guy. I love Mac. But, um, R.I.P., but he, um, I agree. You know, the way the way I think about it, you know, um, I think there's a lot of people that are shameful upon those things. And, you know, it, it's never um, awesome to have that stuff aired out, I guess. You yeah, know, to yeah. say that, you know, people, like, you know, if you were to listen to my music and the first thing you heard of my music True, was yeah. something like that, wouldn't be super proud about it but at the same time it's like um what was that travis scott documentary that came out where it was like something the look about, mom i can fly yeah but it, it, it right? just it um 
It adds to your testimony, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it adds to your testimony, it adds to your growth. I think about, like, like, look at where I've come from. And because I experienced this, when I get there, it's going to taste that much sweeter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the way I've been looking at it. And it's cool. It, it feels really cool. And, and it's like, I feel like it's very inspirational, like you said, you know. So look at how polished J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar are. Right. Like, how incredible they are now just they're they're beyond my words in terms of their ability now Mm -hmm. and to think they started at some place you know in in some way they were at my level at one point yeah you know it's it's inspirational you know Mm -hmm. to to think that you know what like you know with my right amount of grind and decision making that Mm -hmm. you know maybe i'll never be a j cole or a kendrick lamar but i could I could grow and you know yeah. maybe I will yeah you know, you know? Yeah. It's, it's 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 a cool thought to have for sure and I like I, I've i been starting to document more of my stuff mm-hmm. um, whether it's I don't put it out or not maybe mm-hmm. I put it on my YouTube channel and don't share it with anybody mm-hmm. but just to do more of that because I think it's cool like you know, especially like with athletes mm-hmm. you have the old fit- footages of LeBron in middle school or in mm-hmm. high school right yeah. or some like someone like Steph Curry just like mm-hmm. from a really young age and it's kind of cool to see that because like you said it at a kid, no one really knows like what they're gonna be when they're mm-hmm. um, they're older. But it kind of gives us a perception like, hey, those guys that are at the top now, whatever there is, whether it's a sport, music, even someone like Gary V, who I like mm-hmm. to listen to. You know, there, there's videos of ten years ago, like him giving speeches to much smaller crowds, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see like the growth of people like that because it's kind of like one, it's like a bookmark in their history, but two, it also shows like the growth and it's yeah, like yeah, absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. I agree, I couldn't agree more, man. Mm-hmm. So, after you recorded your first song, like, when did it really just, you know, start to evolve into something that you wanted to do and make a career out of? It was honestly from there. That's just, like, I've always dreamed about what this life could be like. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I don't know if it was a lack of confidence or, like, a, you know, I, I've kind of... There's always people that are going to give you the more be realistic type, um, type answers and stuff. And I, I just kind of realized... I didn't realize how much I listened to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize how much I suppressed. You know, I, I'm a dreamer. Like, I'm a big visionary, big picture dreamer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I will, I, that is, like, that, that couldn't be more true. I think big picture. I, I dream big all the time. And there's, you know, constantly people that are, you know, be more realistic. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, um, I think I had my, my dreamer energy kind of suppressed for a long time and um without even realizing it, it was it was mm-hmm. subconscious it wasn't it wasn't something uh subconscious unconscious one of those words either one, <laughs> yeah. either one of them <laughs> it was it was it wasn't something i was conscious of mm-hmm. and i didn't um yeah i didn't realize how much um how much i had suppressed that um until i started thinking about i still i started just dreaming bigger again and then i started um yeah, once once I just started gaining confidence and seeing the support that I was receiving and mm-hmm. stuff like that, even in you know the early on days, like I said, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. So and I dreamed about it, and I guess I had always been like you know, I always thought like oh this would be cool, but there's you know what, there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about somebody who chases after their dreams like that, mm-hmm. and someone who has the courage to do that and I could speak firsthand by saying it takes a lot of courage to do this yeah. stuff because you're going to get a lot of people that are going to tell you that you're done for doing this and a lot of people that are going to look down on you mm-hmm. a lot of people that didn't want to ch- that didn't have the courage to do it for themselves right. 
and um, I think that kind of fueled the fire in me a little bit, mm-hmm. and just the fact that I love to do this, man. Like I like I don't I don't think about a plan B at all. Like I hardly ever I think about plan B to support my plan A. Yeah, I think about plan B like okay, because right now I truthfully can't support myself with the money I make off my music, mm-hmm. and. I think about okay, so I need a way to support myself with the music mm-hmm. until it can only be Plan A. But like, I never think about like Plan B as mm-hmm. like an end goal. Yeah, because uh, it's just it's not what I want to do. Like, I love this. I there's just a certain when I'm creating. There's you know there's a certain feeling I can tap into, and it feels in alignment with what my soul wants me to do. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it's deeper than what I could explain. It's just what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I started realizing that I could really do it, the confidence, you gain confidence and yeah. you gain, um, and your confidence makes you want to work harder. It makes you want to invest in it more and stuff like that. And that's kind of just what got the ball rolling for me was seeing that first song, really. And as I continued to do it and I continued to, you know feel my own growth but also hear it from outside folks Mm -hmm. was really cool you know i didn't i i go back and i listen to a lot of my old projects and a lot of my old songs um stuff that was honestly you know it's not bad Mm -hmm. um it's some of it's still pretty good but you don't sometimes you get so caught up in where you're at and this is in any this is in any walk of life this isn't just in music in general but sometimes we get so caught up in where we're at and moving forward that we don't realize how far we've already come mm-hmm. and we don't realize the growth that we've made until we take a step back and right. look at something so you know I listened to my my most recent project in comparison to the first one I put out or something like that and yeah. I'm just like you know not to knock my first one but this new one is just head and shoulders better mm-hmm. and I think you know just instilling confidence like that and how much fun I've had growing and learning and mm-hmm. doing this just you know it only fuels my fire and makes me want to do it more mm-hmm. makes me want to work harder to make it to make it happen and just it's like I don't know what the word is let me think it's like it's kind of fun and like challenging to like think that there's so much more to learn and so yeah. much more to understand because I've I've done like I've, I think this year 2020 in particular for me one goal for me in in music was to work smart was to work very smart and to work smarter rather than harder Mm -hmm. in a sense that um you know i put out a lot of content i put out a lot of music and it's you know there's a lot of it that i i will stand by and say it's good music Mm -hmm. um do i think that i went about it in a smart way some most of it probably not Mm -hmm. So this year was about rather than putting you know, working hard to push content out, was about working hard to create the content and then working hard and smart behind the scenes to make sure I get it out and make sure it's properly promoted. It's properly promoted to the right people. Mm-hmm. You know the behind the scenes work that um, I truthfully take on by myself because you know I'm not supported by any label. I don't I don't have a manager. I don't have this or that. Mm-hmm. So I take on a lot of that extra work. And before I wasn't taking on any of that smarter work that mm-hmm. could help me out. Right. So, um, yeah. Just like how much I've like learned and stuff with that type of stuff is exciting as well. To think that I, you know, can learn so much more just makes me want to do this more and mm-hmm. make me want to keep growing and just 
know, seeing my support grow and stuff like that. It's all really confidence building and just fueling. It's yeah. nice. It's really nice. Yeah, because when you're in it, it's kind of hard to look back. And, you, yeah. know, you know, unless you take that time, like you said, and take that yeah. step back, it's yeah. kind of hard to be like, how much have I improved? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's that's life in general. But, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I could just speaking in terms of my music, that's definitely something that I try to do from time to time is mm-hmm. to take a step back and listen to my stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I'll really listen to my stuff and have like a nice sense of pride and be yeah. like, wow, like I'm really proud of myself for creating this because i remember when you know this was just a vision mm-hmm. and and you know and i was piecing it together and you know here it is intangible product yeah it's cool yeah and it's real cool. quick real quick just to add what you were saying earlier about being a dreamer and having these big dreams I, I feel like you know i can relate to that but also like the downside of that is you can also have bad dreams right you can also kind of be in your own head sometimes like you said subconsciously yeah. and like play out scenarios that might not work right and just kind of you kind of beat yourself up on it and sometimes you can be your own hardest critic is what i'm trying to say right absolutely so there's definitely it's like a double-edged sword you can dream all these big things but then you can also dream hey what if that doesn't work or what if it goes this way what if it goes south you know yeah definitely um i guess i'm just lucky that i think i've 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 instilled a lot of confidence in myself and at least you know don't get me wrong i have my own demons and fears and um you know thoughts that come my way that seem quite uncontrollable at times truthfully Mm -hmm. um but nonetheless um with music i've i'm always able to stay pretty confident and positive with it i just really you know, and I, and I never mean to come off cocky in any way or anything like that but i just really believe in my ability and really think I have faith in, I don't know if it's a higher power or whatever it may be, that if I put my head down and I work and focus on what I can't control, that mm-hmm. the things out of my control will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned your album earlier, mm-hmm. Last One When, correct? Yes, sir. So the first track, October 26th, is that a special date to you? And, and why was it significant mm-hmm. to put it as a title of a track in the album? Okay, so October 26th explained... Oh, let me take one more sip of water real quick. You're good. <laughs> yeah, Tommy was really intrigued by that too. That, that, that seems to be one that people keep having questions about. People analyze a lot. So October 26th um, was one of the most beautiful days I ever experienced in my life probably it was October 26 2019 and there was really nothing too special about it in the day it was just where I was at in my mind frame like I I was leading up to that um so supporting this music thing hasn't necessarily been the easiest thing truthfully um at one time last year, I was working three side jobs you know, on top of the music, and they were all part time. But nonetheless, it's a lot of energy to give. Yeah. Um, and that day, October twenty sixth, um, was the first day I'd had off. Um, I think it was a seventeen day stretch, and I had worked sixteen of them, and I was just exhausted. Yeah. I, I was exhausted and it was my first day off so I was like okay you know I'm gonna go to the beach I'm going to bring my I'm gonna go by myself sit down here on the beach and I'm just gonna be present and I'm gonna relax and enjoy my day the way I wanna enjoy my day mm-hmm. 
and it was the most peaceful calming state and you know truthfully with music and the where and where life was at at that time um i you know, I, I truthfully had to deal with some with some uh internal issues and stuff like that over that frame of time so I, it was it was a harder time for me and um just that day in particular was just like a, a a break from all of that. It was mm-hmm. so nice. I just I didn't feel any of those, um, those demons, you know, or anything. I just felt. It was the first time I was able to feel present and feel happy being present in a mm. long time. You know, I was I had been so you know I can't wait to get out of this frame of mind. I can't wait to get out of this stage of my life. Yeah. I can't. And it's so important to be and I was just like my one of my first steps and definitely my favorite step in being content yeah and being content with being present you know understanding that hey content doesn't mean that I need to stay here it doesn't right. mean that I'm settling it doesn't mean that I'm not busting my ass to get to where I want to be but I'm still appreciative of exactly where I'm at in this journey because at the end of the day you know whatever stage you're in it's a necessary stage. Yeah. And it's a necessary step. You need to be there and you need to be appreciative for that. And it was just such a peaceful... I was like so just in a state of like bliss almost where just like none of these these demons and things that have been harming me at that time, like none of them could touch me. And I just was, you know, mm-hmm. even if they were in my mind, they didn't hurt. And even, you know, just being... And that was what I had written. Mm-hmm. So what I what I had written on that day in my journal is what I spoke into um, into that track, and it was just very nice expression, and it was just a day that I really like. In hindsight, I mean, it's on my wallpaper. I have this. Uh, this was just a oh, dang it. Hold up, there you go. So my wallpaper. Uh, how do I make? Okay, you know what? I won't show you, but it's it's a picture from that day on the beach. Okay, and it reminds me just of what that day felt like and how peaceful and pleasant and blissful it was, mm-hmm. and just certain you know reminder to be content. But content, and, and you know what I we, I explained what I meant by content. Yeah, because content living the moment. Can, well, the content, moment. content gets such a bad rap. Yeah, and I think there's a, I had a conversation with somebody one time where she, me and her, we were talking about how. The difference, in, the difference between being content and complacent. Right. And content is good. You need, like, you know, being appreciative and okay with being present in your place in the journey, but not settling and staying there. You know, still doing your part of getting, you know, getting to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that day just, it was a beautiful day. I was, you know, there was, there was not, I was, I was 100% <laughs> sober. I was, like, in... I was 100% sober and I was still feeling so good about these type of things and stuff and Damn, it, was, nice. it was it was a really <laughs> beautiful day you know cause I you know truthfully at that time I had, a, I had a really hard time being by myself sitting in my own thoughts yeah and you know that's something that I'm not used to like I said you know during that period in 2016 when I was discovering like my love for creating on the creative side of music I spent a lot of time by myself and I loved it. So I'm, and I'm so used to having that time mm-hmm. by myself and being able to enjoy that time. And, you know, it was such a transition and still has been, you know, 
not being able to enjoy that time and you know fearing that time almost a little bit yeah so having that day to just be in that state of mind and be you know present and happy with the present was it was beautiful mm-hmm. and so i thought it was an integral in integral and i don't know what integral means truthfully it, it was an important <laughs> it's an important part of to include into the project and a nice intro to encapsulate you know one of the emotions during the time that i had experienced of the album that album you know it's um it's cohesive and you know there's a lot of different pieces to it and i think that um the best way to describe it is that it's just a collection of a lot of different emotions that i had felt during you know the span of writing that project Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what the cover art it's you know, you grabbing yeah. your head. I wanted to ask about that. Was that more of like a to represent a stressful situation, a grateful situation, or how was that meant to be interpreted from your eyes? Um, I wouldn't say grateful. Um, probably more stressful. Um, I think it was just supposed to grab attention and create strike some type of emotion because mm-hmm. that's what this project is meant to do at the end of the day. Um to strike emotion in people because there's and um no this album in particular um has been you know that picture even feels kind of vulnerable to me because mm-hmm. you know it's like you know what the fuck is this guy doing here? like you know like and yeah. he, like and it's a vulnerable thing to do to because ex- you know especially to express it on social media for instance like we don't we don't express anything behind you know at least it's in the social media way, you don't express anything but a highlight. True, you know, right? You know the happy I mean? moments, yeah. the happy moments, and, and things that um, things that you know you want people to see, you want people to perceive you as, even if it's not the truth. Yeah, as that's the way a lot of people operate. So it's it's a ballsy move to express something that you know exemplifies a little bit of pain and stress like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I thought that picture matched. The, the album itself the best and that's why um, that's why I rolled with it and I just you know I was really truthfully afraid about this project in spots to put it out because it's got there's some vulnerable spots very vulnerable moments on this project more vulnerable than I've ever been in any other song that I've promoted at least you know there's some stuff that I you know, like you had said, um, you, you stuff that you said you put up but not promoted. Right. Now, I have stuff like that on my SoundCloud with songs where I just needed to express and I put it in a song for my, I put it up there. I don't promote it. My people that follow me on SoundCloud and, you know, are keeping up with me on like that. <coughs> Excuse me. They, they, you know, they'll get the privilege of hearing right. that and stuff like that. But I'm not going to promote this. This is just for my own expression. Mm-hmm. And, um, but other than those songs, I mean, these songs have clearly been my most vulnerable songs that, you know, um, it's scary to put out. And, um, but I'm glad I did. And I'm really, really glad I did because I'm realizing how important that is. And I'm embracing that. Like, the cover was kind of me, you know, putting action to embracing that. I learned to, like, even when I was, I was showing people, I showed a lot of people the album, you know, a lot of people that I trust their opinions and stuff, people that have listen to my catalog and yeah. really and really know my sound and stuff and I know I, I would ask him I bounce it off them what do you think what do you think of this and that mm-hmm. and um I realized especially with the mo- the more vulnerable tracks that 
those are the ones that reach people most. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about, you know, like, even if this is going to be vulnerable to me, it could be important to somebody else. Yeah. So I just decided to embrace that. And um, that's kind of what the cover and art and, and art in, in hindsight, that's kind of what um, it contributed to, you know, mm-hmm. embracing the vulnerability embrace. you know, there was there was a lot, you know, amongst a lot of other emotions, there was a lot of pain put into this project. Right. And, um, you know, embracing that with the cover and, you know, just, you know, striking some type of emotion was a move that I felt was, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's always you mentioned it earlier in the show about how certain there's no like there has been studies but there's no like reason why or there is a reason but we just don't can't identify it but like music affects us right and we yeah. like we are so drawn to music and there's so many different you know in history there's been music forever mm-hmm. and I think a big part of it especially like recently like for me I'm a big lyricist so like when I listen mm-hmm. to hip hop or just any music yeah, yeah, in general. Yeah. I love listening to the lyrics, and if I feel like the artist is being vulnerable, whether I can relate it to them or not, you know, sometimes it's even like there's artists who are like from the worst parts of the country or you know even foreign parts of the world that I've never. But if they can be vulnerable and they can lay it all out there, yeah, construct it in their lyrics, you know, you can relate to them almost, right? Yeah, and I think that's like the beauty of music and how people portray their art. Because you know, don't get me wrong, I love the. You know the more upbeat music, there's music that you could dance to, or like yeah, the kind of good a, vibes. There's definitely a time and place for mm-hmm. that, right? But there's definitely some like music where, like, when someone's just super like vulnerable. I think like most recent project, like J Cole and, and Kod. Yeah. There's a few songs on there where he kind of talks about the vulnerability and like his demons, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, yo, that was like that was deep. That hits differently, mm-hmm. you know. It definitely does, and it definitely, you know, at the end of the day. um that type of music is the stuff that's gonna sit with you and impact your life more. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gonna be certain like there's definitely certain like up tempo songs that really like have like that have no purpose to me lyrically and stuff. Yeah, that, that, yeah, like they sit with me because they bring me back to a certain time of my life type thing. Mm-hmm. But the songs that like you'll remember lyrically that like you know the songs that like I don't know it's hard to describe like the songs especially J. Cole's really big on that in my life like mm-hmm. I, I love to break down every J. Cole lyric and you know t- take it and sit with it and yeah. think about how it makes me feel how I relate it to myself mm-hmm. and those are the songs that always sit with you and like you know for instance even when I work out like I, I'm, I'm obviously being an athlete I work out a lot and stuff um, like there's certain songs like on my workout playlist that you know may not be sonically the most like mm. up tempo but yeah. because I know how this song makes me feel lyrically true and it can make me tap into a mind frame that like can really push me yeah you know and it can tap into a certain emotion and stuff like that tap me into certain emotions and certain um places where um they're kind of dark or something that like you know when you when you don't feel like pushing out that, that those last two reps or whatever, yeah, but exactly. You need some juice that'll really fuel like a, a like a deep rooted firing, mm-hmm. like and, you know it's it's from songs like that that can lyrically just you know hit home for you. Mm-hmm. You also had a song on the album, I believe it was titled "Run 44." Yeah, are you big Forrest Gump? Or are you big Forrest Gump and Frank Ocean fan? Um. Both, yeah, both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I love, um, love Frank. 
Frank is one of my favorite artists. I have, um, when I talk about like my favorite albums and stuff like that, um, I have a clear cut top four, and Channel Orange and Blonder and both of them. Okay. Um, and I um I was gonna say, I love yeah I love Frank. I I love his persona. I love it. I love his um. I love his his personality, like as a public figure. Mm-hmm. How he just kind of vanishes and comes and goes as <laughs> yeah. he pleases. He doesn't play too much in the media if he doesn't want to. And right. He, you know, he, he pops his head in when he wants to. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love that. I admire that so much. I, I, you know, I can't wait to get to a point to where I can do the same thing. Yeah. Just not feel obligated to be on, and you know, when you can just turn it off for a little bit. Right. Um. I think that's so awesome. And you know how when he leaves, he comes back, and he's just as relevant as when he left. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how he resonates with his people. You I mean talk about vulnerability? Wow. Mm-hmm. That guy is so honest and open. Mm-hmm. And um, I yeah, I love 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 Frank's music and Forrest Gump. I, I love that movie. That that um, that song is just one song. So I that the story behind that. I was in a studio session with my engineer's name's Adam. Shout out to my man Adam. Um, we were in a session and he was getting uh, he was getting the song that follows all for me loaded mm-hmm. up on the computer. He was having some technical issues on getting it loaded up for whatever reason. I think it was something to do with the the beats per measure or something like that. He's trying to get it lined up. So it's just, you know, it's easier to engineer and mix mm-hmm. and master when it's lined up on the grid. Yeah. And he, um, while I was waiting, there was a guitar in the studio. I was just playing it. And that was one of the only songs I know how to play. Yeah. It was Forrest Gump. And then, you know, I just happened to click, you know, to turn on. I, I turn on my voice memos and stuff like that a lot. I record like a lot of things just for possible little cameos like yeah. that to play pieces on projects. And um, I just happened to be playing that, and then it all came into the story of, you know, oh, like, you know, I asked a girl to prom with this song, and, <laughs> you know, so I forget the words. And it just turned into a nice little cameo, um, yeah. the way it did. And it just happened to, you know, transition very well into All For Me, because at the end, like, it's where the instrumental turns on right. for All For Me. And trans like it, and it's just like transitions perfectly into that next song. So I decided to I decided to include that one. But yeah, I love the movie Forrest Gump too. Okay. Um, so yeah, both. And so your answer to that mm-hmm. is uh, yes to both. So going back to the whole album, how long did it take to put this album together? And did quarantine and COVID nineteen hurt it? Speed up the process, or what did it do for you? You know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> the album itself. Um. I haven't thought about that, you know, because it's, um, to put it together, okay, answer the first question, how long did it take to put it together? Um, define put it together, do you mean, like, just, like, finish all the tracks and piece Mm -hmm. it together in order? Yeah, or when did you kind of have that idea, when you record in the studio, do you have the idea, like, hey, I want to put this on an album, or, like, how did that process start Yeah, so I had I had ideas of an album. I'm all, like, some songs I just, like, you know, there's a song that I'm working on right now, um, <laughs> that I can tell for people, that, that will not be a part of any project. This okay. song is just a song that's meant to be a song. And, right. And, um... I just kind of had a desire to put out, to put together another project, and I... I there's always I kind of like you know in a sense like recruits I guess instrumentals around it and stuff like that and like I, I piece it together and I see like okay could this, could this fit with the could this be cohesive with the project and mm-hmm. um, it started with you know finding beats and stuff like that and um, as I wrote to them I think the first song I wrote out of all of those think about, 
Okay, so it goes October 26, so different. Run 44, all for me. Hi, baby. Um, hi, baby. You know the vibes. Crowd pleaser, fear a lot. Not this time. Okay, so the first song I wrote out of all of those was all for me, I think. Or actually, no, it was Hi, baby. So, Hi, Baby, I actually use lyrics in Hi, Baby. Mm-hmm. The, See, I had a dream about you. Like, the whole that whole portion of the song. I had written that probably three years ago. Mm. It, I just, wow. I just, I, I keep, like, a lot of times when I have thoughts, I, I, my notes section just looks like I look like a fucking madman. But <laughs> <laughs> my notes section, Dang, yeah. my notes section is full of stuff like that. Like, I literally wrote another song that could possibly be coming out, um, I don't know. I like I literally just pieced together a bunch of thoughts that I had written together in my notes mm-hmm. in in you know song format where they rhyme. Yeah. And finished the song in like fifteen minutes type thing when I wrote it just because I had already written so much of it. Yeah. And um, that this is you know in another song in the future that is to come out. This isn't something on the album, but with High Baby, that's the way High Baby was too. Like I already had written and then. The, the, the the chorus to it I had already written that for you know a while in advance as well so um, I think that was that was the first one that was done and that was probably last summer I mean summer of 2019 mm-hmm. summer of 2019 that song was done All For Me was written in summer of uh, and probably like late summer 2019 um and then from there, so I mean, the writing part, I really took my time with this project in particular. I mean, if, if I really like sat down to knock it out, it could probably take me like two weeks to finish writing and recording, mm-hmm. um, max a month. But I just really took my time and spread out with it. And that honestly makes for a better product, of I course, think. Of course, yeah. But um, yeah, the album was completely finished, like where I had, I didn't touch any of it. I didn't touch any of it probably two months before I put it out. Okay. So, I around think February? Probably, yeah. About around, like, late February, or probably even three months, honestly, yeah. Probably February would be right. It was it was completely finished. Like, when I put, I put out... So, I put out Settle In, which is a single. I was thinking about putting it on the project as a bonus track, but I just didn't think it fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that out in December to kind of hold folks over because I hadn't put anything out since August of that time. And then um, when quarantine struck, so you're asking if quarantine sped Quarantine actually, I think, sped up the process for me a little bit. It made me go a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original plan for when was that Soap was going to be the single. Because mm-hmm. I think, I, I truthfully think Soap is the best song on the project. I, I love I love the song Soap. I think it's one of the best songs I've ever made, if not the but um, I had I had plans for a very big video for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna put a lot of you know I was making a bigger budget for that one to be a really special video, mm-hmm. and we were gonna put the song out with the video to grab attention with that song as the single to grab attention for the album. Yeah, COVID hits. You know this video that I had in mind that I I will, I will shoot it eventually. Yeah. Um, but this video, you know, I'm thinking 30 to 50 bodies in it. Like, you're obviously not allowed yeah, to do that exactly. in quarantine. So I had to go a different route with it if I wanted to get it out on time. And mm-hmm. so I thought, okay, you know what? I'll push all for me as the single. Okay. And 
so it made me push all for me as the single but it also um so it made me go a different route but i think it honestly sped up the process because as much as like you know things like music videos got pushed back a little bit and the video for all for me got pushed back a little bit um i wanted to put the video out with you know and ideally i wanted to be able to get the video out before the album came out too mm-hmm. but it just didn't work out to where we could shoot it before then yeah but nonetheless um i um wanted to um like I, it gave me time to focus on some. It was a blessing in disguise in the sense that it gave me time to focus on other things I wouldn't have had time to focus on behind the scenes, you know, in terms of uh, promotion and you know getting uh, blogs and interviews yeah. booked and stuff like that, and um, you know doing my own marketing and you know studying up about who to go through through these things and stuff like that. Um, getting my music distributed early so I could get them submitted to certain playlists and mm-hmm. a lot of things like that that, you know, in past times I wouldn't have thought about or taken the time to or in past times where, like, I would have just put the project out and then like been like, okay, like, what do I do with it from here? Yeah, yeah. I made sure I took the time to get that stuff handled before. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really good. Um, that, that turned out really, yeah, that, that turned out to be really good for me in that sense. Just, you know, come across in a more professional organized manner and mm-hmm. you know it, that that definitely benefited me from the covid and the quarantine period mm-hmm. um there was a third question what was the third question no it was just it was like the second part of it was did it either speed it up or kind of hurt it slow okay. it down okay yeah. yeah no no, no. i mean in, in sp- it i think overall probably kept it on the same pace it didn't it didn't affect the face too much i told myself i was like okay i'm probably gonna put this album out late april early may mm-hmm. and it came out may 15th so it, it didn't like yeah you know my estimate was not too far off and this was before the covid hit that's yeah. what i was thinking but um yeah no i honestly say in hindsight it wouldn't have affected it too much but if it was to pull either direction probably sped up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are some other plans musically that you would want, like to accomplish accomplish in the year 2020 in the year 2020 i have um so I have a song right now that I am particularly super juiced about. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk it up too much, but okay. I'm very, very, very excited about this song in particular, mm-hmm. and it should be coming. I would guess it'll be out within a month or two. Okay, within a month or two, it'll be out. Um, I just want to make sure I have a proper approach to it, like I said. The song itself is probably done uh, to probably to like I uh, let me see it depends on I think my engineer is one of the people that texted me but I, so I keep on I, I'm being I think this song is really special and mm-hmm. this song so I guess the best way I could explain it, my album I feel really confident that my my album is the highest level of music that I've ever made in terms of like quality yeah. Um, but it's not super main. You listen to it. It's not super like mainstream. This is going to be on the radio type right. music, but it's still of the quality of those songs. I, I, I personally like to think, I think that this song in particular, so like those songs, those wouldn't catch the traction, the yeah. same traction that like a radio bop would. Mm-hmm. This song's more of that sound, more of that radio boppy okay. type sound. 
but of that same quality. And for that reason, I think that this song could possibly catch some traction mm-hmm. if I'm smart about it and if I get it to the right people and if I really put a lot into it. So I'm investing a lot into it and I'm making sure that I'm really moving smart about it. But I mean, like I said, it probably won't be out for at least at least a month. Mm-hmm. But you know, the song very well could be done today. I mean, yeah. it's like I have a mix. I keep on, like I said, I'm going, I'm killing my engineer right now because I keep <laughs> on going back to him with like little nicks and changes I want to make and stuff because it's awesome as is. But I just like want to, like I said, I'm always like in that mind frame of I want to outdo my last shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm setting the bars getting higher and higher. So I, yeah. need to, I need to make sure I'm continuing with that and, like I just like literally I was <laughs> there's like little differences and stuff that I made but I literally like was in the shower the other day and like I was like singing the song and I was like oh my god like I could add this yeah like this like would this would be like just like a nice point so like I literally texted so it was done like it was a wrap it was done and like I already paid him for the for the for the engineering and stuff and I texted him I was like yo it's like 11 30 and like yo like just like hear me out on this like listen to this like i'm gonna send you a reference track for it like for what like but like you know this cut here and like you know with this stack and this and that like a bunch of music terminology uh-huh. and he was like all right bro like i got you and so he he um that was like yesterday or two days ago so he's gonna send it back to me today and after that i'm 99.9 percent <laughs> sure the song is done done but I'll, i could show you the song after okay on um every time man. off like... off air of course but, <laughs> but i uh <laughs> But yeah, I'm really, really excited about mm. that song. Um, there's some more. I honestly um, haven't done too much creating other than that. I have two other songs that um, just are more expression than mm. like something I want to gain traction. Yeah. Um, that I've written um, and that I'm actually probably going to go record on Monday okay. and at, at a studio with my guy, Jer. Shout out to my guy, Jer. He's over on the east side with me in Anaheim Hills. Um, but other than that um it's up in the air i really think um i really think that um i just want to i kind of want to rap a little bit more i don't know i was thinking about that but like just because it's fun and like i want to get into some more up-tempo stuff you know i I think i've I've had my fair share of the down-tempo slower stuff Mm -hmm. and not that i don't like any of that i I love that but you know i I just like to do different shit yeah kind of down different lanes i like yeah exactly i like to mix it up and um i just want to do some more up-tempo music for sure in this upcoming time because i think about you know as much as as much as i love to make down-tempo stuff i only have so much up-tempo stuff and i for shows you gotta be able to oh, perform yeah. your up-tempo stuff. Right. I think about um, I experiment. I, I I had a few shows back in um, in late 2019 and early 2020, pre-quarantine, and I think about how well received the up-tempo stuff was. And I you know there's one there's one show in particular that I can think of that was probably my I wouldn't say my worst performance, but my worst decision making. In a sense that I was like I was testing it out it was because um, it was when Settling came out. Settling's a much slower, like sexier song. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I want to promote my new single, so I'm gonna sing this. When realistically, it probably wasn't in my best interest to sing that song because mm-hmm. it just doesn't catch the crowd attention the same way. But I um, was gonna say I was um, I started with that song. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start with the slow stuff, end with the up tempo. Yeah. 
and it then because I was it was a challenge to myself to see how because I have a lot of down tempo stuff like I got to be able to perform it but like probably like it can't be my main driving factors of my show you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. and so it was a challenge like let me see how I can use this how can I perform this and engage people still mm-hmm. it was that challenge and I think it was a bad decision just like and I just am starting to realize like how important it is to have up tempo stuff for your shows right. And um, so I want to make I want to have more more to choose from from for like you know when I get longer sets and stuff like that yeah um, more to choose from to be up tempo and really keep people engaged you know it's yeah. mixing my slow the best of my slow stuff here and there and you know depending you know venue by venue if I want to do a coffee shop then shoot I'll do I'll do all slow right, stuff right right because I've but, seen you perform too at the Cool Lab right downtown yeah. and I think that would be like cool a lab. decent crowd love too, the for... Cool Lab shout out my guy Rocky yeah love my guy Rocky he's a cool dude he doesn't answer his phone that much but he's a cool dude <laughs> <laughs> no the cool but certain shouts out to Allahs who put it together mm-hmm. I mean there's the Cool Lab is one of the best things I've ever you know been introduced to in a community setting it's such it's yeah. such a great place for artists to feel comfortable expressing themselves and it's the most supportive environment I've ever seen and just I've made such you know I've made a lot of good friends over there a lot of good connections you know on top of that like speaking on good connections you know talking on the artist side I mm-hmm. mean there are some talented talented artists over there I mean and you know when I say talented I mean these people are one right person away from blowing yeah blowing way up like I mean you know with Undecided Future and Rocky and Apollo Bebop and Mm -hmm. those people over there you know even more people that I failed Mm -hmm. to mention the name you know they're already so established within their communities and stuff and you know the, the issue is not their content the issue is putting it out in front of the right people the right right people it's the right people you know getting it to those right people Mm -hmm. and you know they like I said at any time they're they're at a point where they could blow like that and you know and it's been cool to like make friends with those guys and really you know have them help I know Um, in the All For Me video yeah the All For Me video uh, Chris Trimmer from Paula Bebop he was the bassist in the video and Marcus who plays who plays trumpet with Undecided Future amongst a lot of other people. Yeah. He um he was in the video and stuff. You know, making friends with those people to, you know, have them as resources to help me, but just as well as, you know, to have their support and to be able to support them and, you know, see people from our community make it like that. It's just it's it's such a beautiful system full of love. Yeah. I love that. It's uplifting for sure. I mean I've sure. I've had the chance to meet a lot of artists there that I've had on this show. There's mm-hmm. a few artists too that I wanna record with and you know, we couldn't uh-huh. do it in person because of, you know, COVID slowed things down. But, yeah. You know, there's a few more artists I'd like to interview, but like you said too, there's a lot of artists artists there that are just so like polished already as far as their craft and then you get the other people who aren't as polished but they still have those big visions big dreams and everyone's so supportive there i love that like you'll never you'll never get booed off you'll never you know and you know i just love like the respect that's there like on any given thursday night absolutely and like even when i say you know there's people you could walk up to like i will i'll walk up to somebody and i'll introduce myself or something and i'll you know, I'll find out later, you know, I'll, like, I'll hear them perform on it, because I'll go every Thursday when they go, and, you know, I'll come out, I'll come another Thursday, and I'll hear them singing something, they'll be like, what the hell, like, I just thought you were a normal person, and <laughs> yeah. then here you are, you're this talented-ass artist, too, yeah. like, what is this, like, there's yeah. so, 
so much talent within that community it's really crazy yeah and i think it's like you said just it's such a great supportive environment so shout out to the cool lab for mm-hmm. the cool lab is doing everything right mm-hmm. everything right and shouts out to Alaz and rocky for really yeah. holding that down mm-hmm. well before we wrap things up i do like to ask a couple fun quick hitters just All to right. get the audience to know Let's you a little it. bit more if you could have any to- toppings on a pizza what would it be okay pizza Big oh, I should get some pizza today, damn. <laughs> um, okay, if I would my perfect pizza, I'm getting pepperoni, uh, pepperoni, red sauce. Oh, oh, this is toppings, okay. There's sauce included. <laughs> okay, pepperoni, um, Canadian bacon. Okay. Uh, don't crucify me for this one. Black olives. And green peppers, probably. Okay. That's probably my go-to right there. Like, when I go to Blaze, that's what I get. I might, I might, I might run through Blaze. <laughs> Damn, that sounds good. All right. Uh, if you could talk to any person, dead or alive, in history, who would it be? Uh, I think I have a few. Okay. Um, I'm a huge Martin Luther King Jr. fan. Okay. I love, and, you know, it's interesting that, you know, we speak about this at this time, even during this, you know, during the mess of mm-hmm. what's going on right now, um, even before this time, I've always been a huge Martin Luther King Jr. fan. And just, um, you know, I, I find myself looking back, you know, at what he said and stuff like that. A lot of his, yeah. qu- a lot of his quotes was- resonate in my mind a lot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have a conversation with him and just learn more and yeah. understand how he could stay so calm and, and so peaceful, peaceful yeah. during such terrible times. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a conversation with Jesus. Just yeah, regardless of what you believe in, I think Jesus was a real person and. Like, just to hear his insights, too, and stuff like that, to learn mm-hmm. from him. Um, I know I, when I listened to your episode with Lenny and Tommy, Lenny had said Jay-Z. Jay-Z would definitely be cool to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, Tommy had said Barack Obama. I really love Barack Obama. He, um, God, you know, whatever, whatever you think of, um, you know, how president or how barack obama did Mm -hmm. as a president you know i i I don't have enough i don't have enough information and you know enough knowledge and i'm not educated enough on how he did as a president to say he was good or bad right i I don't i i truthfully don't know Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about how this man was as a leader you know how he's impacted community like how just you know using his voice and being a figurehead and stuff he's Mm -hmm so incredible about that yeah. I just have so much respect for him and like he you know I remember he even said like just his little speech about um they did like a little town hall with a few people um he said just the other day his his posts about like educating people um he educated me for instance about like you know if we want change in the police forces you need to do that at the state and local like, you need to vote right. at the state and local level I had yeah. no idea about that mm-hmm and you know that's that's a good leader to educate me like other people about that Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then what he had said about just like even just like when he was speaking he took a second to say hey like i'm speaking to you like my men of my men of my men of color Mm -hmm. like you know your life matters yeah like like like, dude that shit made me damn near cry like i was like man that, that just like that really spoke to me and stuff because there's a lot of things that 
no our example didn't you know exemplified through society sometimes that honestly don't speak that mm-hmm. so for him to take a second to just say that just to say that yeah and it means a lot and stuff like that so I, you know just to hear you know to talk with him and have conversations like that would yeah. be really cool Arguably one of the probably I'd say like best communicators. Period. Communicates, like gives speeches, and talks that's what that's what I love about him so much. You know, yeah. like I said, I don't know how how he was as a president in terms of inputting policies and right stuff like that. I don't know. I don't have enough information on that. But mm-hmm. God, just as a leader and communicator, yeah. that he was incredible and mm-hmm. still is. Yeah. Um, and I think my last person that I'd say is probably you know there's there's more people that I'd love. So there's, there's a there's a long list. You know, like I could say Kid Cudi and like people. Like that, I fucking love Kid Cudi, um, but in Nipsey Hustle, and but I think the last person I'd say is probably Mac Miller. I mm. love the talk with Mac Miller. I I just I used to. He's one of those people, Absol too. But yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he's he's one of those people that, um, I used to watch a lot of Absol interviews too. But I used to. I mean, mm. like, you know, there's artists that like you listen to and you mm. listen to their music and stuff. But if you like really really love somebody, sometimes you like. And love follow who they are as a person. Like I used to watch Mac Miller interviews all mm-hmm. the time on YouTube. Like I go on YouTube and say, you know, Mac Miller on Zane Lowe, Mac Mo- Mac Miller mm-hmm. on this and that. Breakfast Club, yeah, yeah, exactly. And to hear, like, I just always loved to he- how he worded things. I always loved his opinions on things. I always just loved how much of a light he was. He was such a light to this world, regardless of what he was going through and his struggles. He was such a light, and that's just so rare. Yeah, and I. I really would have loved to, you know, just feel his energy and, like, you mm-hmm. know, have a conversation with him for sure. Right on. If you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> exotic. Um, do I have to take care of it? Like, does it just live with me or do yeah, I have, like, people to, like... You can have people. Can I have, like, people to take care of it? Okay. Um... <laughs> That's <laughs> tough because I like, like I said, like a tiger is cool, but there's no fucking way I could take care of a tiger. <laughs> like, <laughs> my brother is a big animal guy. Actually, my brother would be awesome with this this question. But um, I just really like dogs. Um, I like snakes a lot. Okay. Um, I think having having like a big like big ass snake would be cool. Yeah. But like, I also like the idea. Like I, I like being affectionate with my pets. Like I like have like I like being able to like cuddle with my dog. And yeah. stuff like that, can't do that <laughs> like, with a snake can't really do that with a snake you don't really feel affection from a snake <laughs> like that um but i think i don't know a snake would be cool a big tiger would be cool um lions uh you know some something in the cat family like the big cat family is mm-hmm. cool like that yeah that's probably i don't know i can't give you much further than that probably all right no worries if you could go back and visit any time or era in history where would you want to go visit um, you know, I couldn't give you an exact, I think the 80s, 70s, 80s is cool. It looks like a cool period on film. I don't know. It might've been a mess, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't know. Did you ever see the film American Hustler mm, and, uh, or know. did you see a uh, dream girls? Oh yeah. I've seen dream girl. That was a long, whenever, ago. whenever, yeah. whenever those periods were, cause mm-hmm. I, and the, the sole reason I'm saying this, this yeah. is, and you have to understand this is the only reason I'm saying, cause I really like where we're at right now, mm-hmm. but the sole reason I'm saying that 
is because I just really like how they dressed back then. Yeah, okay. like Jamie Foxx's suits and Dreamgirls, and like yeah, no, it was a lot of Bra- uh, Bradley Cooper's and um, Christian Bale's and um, the way they dressed in American Hustler and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they were swaggy, <laughs> yeah. bro. Their suits, I was like, damn, I want to dress like this. Yeah, it's so, like for those reasons in particular, like I think it would be cool to be a part of those times. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, you know, like, certain, like, um, I don't know, in, like, Forrest, Forrest Gump, for example, like, the times where there was, um, like, music festivals and stuff during that, those times, like, I think would be really fun, yeah. but, um, I don't even know what era that is, truthfully, so I'm not educated yeah. enough to say, oh, it was the 60s, the 70s, the yeah. 80s, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. it was just those periods where, like, they dressed really cool, and more music festivals would be really be really fun yeah i think it's more of a blend of like late 70s early 80s that's what it was that, like, that would be my guess but i don't want to be wrong yeah so. <laughs> it's like a lot of disco influence that yeah. also like p-funk and like i don't know but it's, it's weird how like styles will kind of come and go and like yeah, that was definitely like, dude i was watching how they dress i was like dude i would dress like this right now if i had the money <laughs> yeah. for this suit yeah but if people would be looking at you like what you know time and place time and place of course you know i wouldn't be just walking around the street on a regular tuesday like that but you know time and place i would definitely yeah right on right on if you get last question if you could give any advice to your younger self what would it be oh lord um you know i don't like a part of me is like i don't know if i'd give myself any advice Mm -hmm. just because you know the way things are turning out and the way things have turned out is exactly how it's supposed to Mm mm-hmm and, you know, I wouldn't want to mess that up. But I guess, you know, like, if I was just, you know, to make things a little easier on my younger self. Mm-hmm. Um, just stay um, stay true to yourself and, you know, be who you are without too much thought about what people think. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, I spent a lot of time in high school, for instance, and stuff like that. Um, trying to get in with the crowd of people that... Um, you know, spent a lot of time with a lot of people that I thought were really cool people and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Come to find out that, you know, and not all of them, but a lot of them turned out to be pretty lame. And I turned out to, you know, make better of myself than they did and stuff like yeah. that. And it just I wasted a lot of time trying to win their approval or their opinion and stuff like that. And it's a waste of time and energy and pain. And I think... Um, one other piece of advice actually this was kind of inspired from Rocky Um, he posted something I remember one time um, about you know staying true to yourself and you know even if people if people aren't rocking with you they'll catch up yeah you know they'll catch up later so stay true to myself like I just say you know stay true to yourself don't worry about other what other people think like they'll catch up eventually yeah Right on, man. Well, really appreciate you again course, taking the time man. out of your day Thank to hop you. on of course, today's man. show. Thank you for having me. This is yeah. awesome. This was, I really enjoyed this. If you can, plug where you can find your music, your Instagram, or anything else you'd okay, like Okay, so my music um, my music can be found on any streaming platform under Anthony James. Um, I don't have two. I, I have a YouTube channel, Anthony James. I have more videos than, um, than audio on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you know, subscribe to your boy, follow, watch the videos, whatever. Um, but my, so my, um, I'll come up under Anthony James on any streaming platform. Um, I know it's a pretty common name, but I 99% sure that I'll come up as the first one just about every time. Um, 
Social media, um, I don't have anything other than Instagram. I have a TikTok, um, just, for, <laughs> just for shits. That's uh, 95A James. But my Instagram handle, this is the important one. It's uh, Anthony James 11 underscore. So A N T H O N Y J A M E S 11 underscore. And um, yeah, I have links to all my music and stuff in the bio there. As well as, um, you know, just updates on life stuff. And, you know, it's where I make all my announcements. It's where I do a lot of networking. And I do a lot of maintaining, you know, my public image and stuff like that. Right on, man. I really appreciate you again. Of course, my man. Boom, Noah Alvarez here to wrap up things for episode 110 of the My Mike and I podcast. And I'm going to stop you real quick. If you like this past episode and like any of the past episodes of this podcast and you're listening to apple podcast i'd really 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 appreciate it if you left a rating and review and help new listeners get a grasp on what the show is going to be all about also if you're not listening on apple podcast you know be sure to hit that follow button hit that be sure to hit that subscribe on whatever other platform that you're listening to whether it's google play spotify soundcloud TuneIn, stitcher you name it um, i'd really appreciate any support i can get with the podcast be sure to go follow the my mike and i instagram page at my period mike and period i one more time again shout out to generic sports for the instrumental shout out to vince correa for the designs and the my mike and i logo shout out to anthony james for being a part of this last show or this most recent episode be sure to go check out his music just search up anthony james and be sure to go check out his most recent album when w-h-e-n period one of my favorite albums of all the artists that i've had on uh, one of my favorite albums that i've had on of artists that i've had on the show and yeah you know as i always say before each show man chase dreams not checks i encourage you guys to find healthy positive outlets between or during this pandemic during this what seems like a time of heightened social awareness and social injustices and people just coming out to speak about different things just you know take some time for yourself if you need to slow things down if you need to that's okay man but as i said always always find a way to chase your passions chase your hobbies chase your side hustles and man i wish nothing but the best for you guys going forward check out popple.co use promo code locker 20 percent off check out phoenix fit fnxfit.com for uh for 15 percent off use promo code my mic and i for 15 percent off and yeah now i'm just rambling so i'm gonna just go ahead and cut things out right here episode 110 it's a wrap noah alvarez signing off Till next time.